My name is Alexander Greb. I am the Customer Advisory Lead for S4HANA Strategy at SAP. And you're listening to a new episode of the SAP Experts Podcast. The number one SAP podcast. And we are full steam ahead with new content. So don't forget to like, share and subscribe us so you never miss new episodes. If you're working with SAP ERP systems, be it ECC or S4HANA, you are hard-pressed not to have had contact at some point with the S4HANA movement, or short, MOVE. SAP has launched this global program two years ago to encourage our customers to make the step to our intelligent next-gen ERP and to provide them with the tools, assets and services needed for an easy and seamless transformation. But still, remember, all of us thought that technology-induced industry disruption is a big thing and then came COVID and our definition of a big thing actually changed. So money is tight, still the necessity to build up resilience and become a digital champion is unchanged. That's why, together with you, I want to do a cash check now. So I phoned up Senior Vice President and Head of S4HANA Movement, Tomiano Shalmi, to set things straight. He's not only a 20-year veteran in prominent executive management positions at SAP, in which he has been a strong force behind SAP innovation and digital core strategy for years, but also a visiting professor at the Karlsruhe Institute of Technology. And if you ever met him, you know he's no friend of beating around the bush. So expect clear messages concerning where we are in the adoption of S4HANA, what are the biggest mistakes in the approach, what are important factors for success, and considering the upcoming SAP Connect, how SAP partners can make a difference in delivering the intelligent enterprise to our customers. All of that in this new episode of the SAP Experts Podcast. Good morning, Tom. Good morning. How selfish to say good morning to you from myself, because you're sitting in Australia. Is this correct? Indeed, yes. Since the lockdown, I'm in Melbourne. And um, yeah, we're hoping that the world will become a more open place again. But yes, we're looking at things from down under. If you're heading a program like Move from Melbourne, you think that sleep is overrated probably? <laughs> yes, uh, sleep is non-existent. But, you know, you get a lot done. And there's a funny saying in Germany, they say, you know, there are 24 hours a day plus the night. Yeah. And it's becoming true. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's incredible how effective and how productive you can become. Uh, it's, it's obviously time management and, um, you know, our customers going through the same. And um, this, this truly shows how global we are. You know, we connect uh, every corner of the world uh, through digital technology and we're helping customers uh, look at our um, technology and, and help them survive and, and uh, get through this crisis um, better than anybody else. It's interesting what you say, because if we would have talked about a year ago, probably would have agreed that such a huge global program as the S4HANA movement is, has to be managed from where probably most of the largest number of SAP resources are, which is Europe. But like 2020 is not like any other year and our working reality has changed a lot. And what are your experiences from steering this undertaking from a remote location? I have to say that Technology is extremely helpful. The platform that we have um, for communication um, is, is very efficient. And uh, sometimes it's an advantage, you know, to have a different time zone. And as you said, um, whilst the resources might be 
more oriented towards one location or a couple, uh, but we are a global company and our customer base is even more diverse. So, you know, whether that is about a customer here in Australia or in Japan, in Brazil or in Canada, you know, we, we're there for them. And, um, you know, and the, the motto of we never leave a customer behind um, is actually working really well. You know, it doesn't matter where you sit as long as uh, you have customer first as your mindset. Um, the new world, the new remote and digital world is um, just as effective, if not more. So you're heading the S4 HANA movement program. Uh, this sounds a little bit like Greta Thunberg, but it's a bit different spin. <laughs> Can you define what is the S4 HANA movement and why it is there? Absolutely. And if you think about you know, SAP's loyal customer base, uh, we call them the install base. Those customers have invested in our uh, ERP capability over the years. And um, the MOVE initiative or the movement initiative is really about guiding them through this journey uh, to make their way to the starting point of the intelligent enterprise. You know, we call it the digital core. And it is really about helping these customers get rid of the technical debt you know, they accumulated through modifications and <clears throat> custom code, a lot of technical debt. And um, now we're here to help them, particularly, you know, in this new economical reality to realize financial flexibility and, and supply chain resilience. And so the movement program really stands uh, behind every single install based customer of, of SAP to make sure that A, they have a very clear definition of the compelling reason, you know, the most frequently asked question is why now? You know, why should I bother um, when I put so much already into um, my ERP solution? Um, and second, that there's a very clear, um, safe and fast way to realizing that. And where are we considering the adoption of S4HANA? Do you think like being the guiding light or being moving being the guiding light in that journey from a ECC installation or a legacy installation to S4HANA um, is the center job of S4HANA movement? Where are we now? Do you think like we are very successful in that aspect at the moment? Or would you wish that there would be a bit more momentum already? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, if, if we're honest, <clears throat> I think um, S4HANA is adopting faster than any other um, ERP solution, particularly ECC when we launched it. And um, initially we started with uh, a lot of finance transformations. And uh, if you recall, you know, the first release of S4HANA was, um, was mostly about finance capability. And um, interestingly, the system conversions and, and Greenfield um, projects, the ratio between them uh, has started to shift. And initially we had a lot more um, system conversions and now customers are considering uh, even the what some customers call Bluefield or um, a hybrid model. And, um, you know, where the data from the production environment is um, selectively transferred or migrated over to the new environment. So I think we're doing a great job I have to thank everybody who's involved at SAP and our partners because, again, you know, the adoption in terms of um, investment interest is uh, is very, very high. But again, in the spirit of transparency, I think we, uh, we could also do a better job showing uh, in a very clear way 
the compelling reason up front, and then second, to follow it through. You know, we even if we do a good job with the value discovery, I think where we need to really, really focus our efforts is to link that with value capture so that, you know, you have a great experience with the deployment and it's not always the case. And secondly, uh, you capture that value post core live, link it back to the business case and you can actually show that the business is running better. I won't jump immediately on that value point, but before we do that, um, you said like there have been in the past, of course, lots of investments in their legacy ERP. And I think in many cases, our biggest enemy is the success of the system. We want um, to succeed with another one. Do you think that this past that we have, since we have a past, it's not that we are new in the market and we find a lot of net new names and so on, which which like start with us on a white piece of paper, but we have a huge install base. Is this more of a blessing in your opinion for us or is this more of a burden? I think it's a it's a blessing. I think it's an extremely important asset um, for SAP. And as you said, you know, there is history and there's, you know, a legacy point of view. Uh, but if I look at the capabilities that our customers already have, and then the automation that we can offer to them, you know, to up that level of capability in a very modern, you know, and business process intelligence oriented world, um, I think then it's it's a big asset. So I don't see that as a, as a challenge for us. Um, I think many, if not all, uh, pure cloud players would be really happy to have um, such a strong and, and, uh, and loyal install base. So considering the value aspect, um, I think we, we all agree that becoming something what, what we call today a digital champion um, is not an on-off switch. Yeah, you, you not just do it, but it's a journey. Are the adopters of S4HANA, in your opinion, are already or the majority are already there where we want them to be, like considering usage of innovation and benefits and so on. And, and do customers and partners leverage the benefits of S4HANA in such a way that you are satisfied or do you think like there is still, of course, potential in it? I think there's potential. I think, you know, it, it comes down to industries, comes down to the digital maturity and, and obviously the COVID-19 impact that we see on our customers. Um, but, you know, we see some really good examples of as this fast and safe adoption um, where there is um, top-down support, where there is change management investment so that you know, there's willingness for changing processes and changing sometimes even business models um, to fully leverage the potential. You know, if it becomes a technical upgrade, then, you know, I would say that we missed the mark, you know, because then it becomes an expensive technical upgrade. And the moment we truly go towards this lean and clean core that will free up resources and an investment for innovation, I think then we're doing a good job. So when you say that doing just something of a lean conversion where you just take everything that you have from the past into the present and future is not 
the best way to do this when you do not embrace as a next step like the innovation and try then to 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 um, put it into the solution um is this something we we should point it on customer side only or is this also a mistake that we do that we sometimes together with our customer are in some kind of a lethargy where we want to shower but we do not want to get wet and when we want to do it too easy and then in the end may have a result at the first after the first step that let's say is improvable i think you know everyone involved needs to take their part and you know if a project becomes a technical upgrade it could be because you know we celebrated the the license that we sold and we feel that because the customer made that investment decision in s4hana the job is done um you know then we're wrong and uh, it, it goes you know um, for customers for partners and, and sap and that's what i said you know everyone involved i think we need to define that journey based on business um value and, and and business benefit and follow that through and that's the other hard part you know it's it's sometimes so easy to just pivot um towards a technical upgrade which doesn't need to go beyond the it organization you know it doesn't require business users or business executives to spend time yeah. um with the yeah. project right and so it's our job to to safeguard that you know to be both the value and the design guardian and um it it you know it it's both us and everybody else involved telling best practices is one thing like how you should proceed but sometimes it's the even better idea like to point out the biggest mistakes that you can do from from your experience what are the biggest mistakes that you can do when you approach as for hana i think one is you know what we refer to is the lift and shift which is basically you know taking that heavy uh, monolithic architecture and then putting it on putting it onto a, a more modern infrastructure i think that is clearly something that you know it's is suboptimal you know and can compromise uh, what as for hana stands for The other one is, you know, if you look at the benefit of data and the analytical insights that you gain from this new system, you know, if you miss that and if after the conversion you still have a, a let's say old old fashioned data structure, you know, where you need to interrogate uh, multiple data sources um, to actually answer end user questions or make smart decisions, I can you know, then you miss the mark. So I think we that's why the design uh, guardianship is is so important because it is tempting especially you know in this financial reality to you know push through a TCO optimization initiative where you pick up your uh, enterprise core component you know the legacy ERP and put it on a hyperscaler infrastructure and then you run um but <clears throat> that I would consider as uh, a compromised uh, approach because there's so much more Uh, that an organization can achieve again to to have that supply chain resilience and to have that superior um flexibility that they need but when when we take the special situation that we are in now we have like two different contradicting um let's say messages that we receive on the one hand of course everybody is saying okay covid made it clear probably even to the last person now what digitalization is all about and that you probably cannot continue 
like you did in the past with your legacy systems. On the other hand, of course, like money is tight at the moment, and this is absolutely understandable. So adopters and companies, of course, think carefully about what they invest in. And we should not, of course, take this, the first message that we get, like digitalization is now obvious as, okay, this is now an easy game for me because then we crash against the wall, against the wall of reality that people say, okay, yes, I understood, but tell me what is your part in all of that? Yeah, and, and yeah, probably, yeah. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Alex, I think it's, it's a very fair point. Yeah, and um, if again, if you, if you think about the technological shift that's, uh, that's happening, it really has to be about the agile enterprise. And um, COVID, I think, accelerated that. And um, not only the way we as SAP provide solutions to our customers, but also the way customers um, adopt them and consume them. Yeah, And uh, how these use cases, uh, sometimes we refer to them as uh, master transformational scenarios um, are defined. And of course, you know, there's always the question, you know, is this the area um, that we need to invest in? Right. Well, we get that um, if you think about a transportation company, um, should they, you know, optimize their asset structure? Um, should they look at uh, maybe expansion from one mode of transport to um, door to door? Um, many others. Uh, if, if I'm an automotive company, you know, should I fully uh, digitalize uh, my, my dealerships, you know, and have a, a zero touch experience, right, because of social distancing? Um, a lot of manufacturing companies are going in the services direction, you know, after sale services um, where there's a lot of demand. So we see all of these trends, but ultimately, Alex, it comes back to the definition of the agile enterprise, you know, to make these business model shifts and to make them fast and safe, you do need that core, uh, you know, that lean and clean core. And that's why I'm so excited about this, this initiative, uh, the S4 Movement Program, because this is how we um, make it real. So it has ever been a business topic and now it is a business topic more than ever before. Exactly. It's um, business and it's a combination of cost savings, obviously. You know, how do we get some cost efficiencies pretty quickly on the scoreboard, uh, but equally, you know, how do we excite the business? You know, how do we, again, untap um, those potentials that um, we didn't think um, they were needed before? You know, the I think the urgency has increased because of the global crisis. So for me, it's, you know, it's, it's a perfect combination. So when you say, like, of course, um, total cost of ownership is still a big inhibitor for the movement, for the shift. Um, how should something of a value case then be approached? Because like, let's do a conservative mindset. Yeah, then you probably will start to talk about enterprise infrastructure costs and so on and so on. But I think this can quickly lead to a point when then the interested customer says like, hmm, I think that's not enough. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's really fine. And, you know, um, customers demand uh, a better explanation of, uh, of the compelling event. And um, I'm pretty enthusiastic about a few elements uh, of your question. One is, you know, this fully digitized customer experience. Uh, it has to now run completely online, right? And we also need to allow customers of all sizes to experience uh, 
um, as for HANA in a very different way. So we invested a lot in things like a digital board game or for example, in an intuitive way where business users of a company can come together and experience business problems and solve uh, real business problems in a live system, you know, as opposed to having to wait for a blueprint document that ultimately goes into a shelf and will be updated the moment it's finished. So, you know, we want to bring the experience, not only that it's now digital, obviously, because of the reality, but we want to bring that experience further closer to the investment decision process. And um, if I look at, you know, time to value that comes with it, you might have a perfect business case, but then the question comes, okay, but, you know, I don't have time for a two-year, three-year, four-year project anymore. You know, customers thinking in quarters. And so the way we approach <laughs> total cost of ownership and time to value is, is exactly in, in quarters. You know, we want to make sure that there's an instant provisioning of a system or an instance, right, where business users, as I said, can have a look and feel on day one. Uh, we also don't want customers to spend um, days and weeks and months on interfaces. You know, we have machine learning and crowdsourcing and pattern recognition that we can put to the challenge. And we do this, you know, thousands of projects a year so we take the intelligence out of it and then we can solve 90 plus percent of all of the interface requirements because you know we are more intelligent. So you know TCO needs to be looked at differently in this new reality. And again, I think it's it's a great forcing mechanism yeah, to to think very differently. And you're talking at the moment a lot about these new kind of, of, of techniques and methods to to talk about the value. Um, where do you think how far are we into that, let's say, mindset change? Because let's the, the, the classic approach um, is like on the one hand, you show a demo and then maybe you will go into your um, excellent, do something of a value case where you calculate some ROI and basically that's it. That's how it has been since since the 90s. Um, as for HANA, movement is also, of course, taking care of these, let's say, new kind of approaches of how to explain the value benefits. Um, and you talked about that gamified approach. Can you tell us more about that, how that looks like? Absolutely. And we do need to leave that legacy behind. And you touched on it earlier on, you know, is our legacy a burden or, or an advantage? When it comes to customer experience, you know, we cannot position the digital core the same way we did with ECC. Equally, we cannot implement S400 the same way we implemented ECC or any previous release of ERP, right? And this fully digitalized customers, customer experience, um, again, comes with a, a game or a, a gamified experience where we feature solution capabilities in a very intuitive way. But not only that, but we also want to highlight points for example, cost of goods sold, industry best practices, or even benchmarks um, and value drivers so that participants can understand the potential immediately, you know, that there's a connection with the solution. Um, if you look at the legacy, as you said, a pre-sales person comes in, does a beautiful demo, everybody in the room knows that, you know, that's not necessarily the actual capability of the solution. And then you discover that during Blueprint, you know, when uh, expensive consulting work will tell you 
that, uh, oh, those assumptions were not correct, right? And then there's disappointment and the experience becomes um, challenging. Instead of that, you know, we come in, we play that um, up front and we solve real business problems from the moment we start to engage. So when you talk about the recent customer success stories that we have, um, did we already be able to, or were we already able to, to um, imply these kinds of new techniques? Um, was, what, what was your experience concerning that? Are they well adopted? Because when you coming as an SAP guy to a customer and probably you get expectations like, okay, this one is talking with me now about um, technology and will show me slides and a demo and then you pull out some playing cards. Um, was this well, let's say, adopted from, from a customer side or how was this kind of surprise momentum for them? Yeah, Alex, customers love it. And, and so do our internal people. So we're running lots of sessions with our sales force, with pre-sales, uh, with the center of expertise. You know, those architects who help define the journey for our customers before the investment is made. So not only that we're focusing on the customer experience, but we're also educating and enabling um, our frontline people. And, you know, customers love it. We had just recently an example, uh, a European retailer, um, where we had access to the CEO and um, we started the game. We explained um, to the person how different this is. And he loved it so much that he immediately called in. Obviously, you know, it's all remote. So everyone is in their home. And this, and he called his wife and said, look at it. You know, I, I never would have thought that SAP would give me this experience. And so, you know, clearly this is, um, this is resonating. And uh, the challenge for us is then to deliver, you know, on that excitement. And um, again, we, we're running these sessions um, globally now in, uh, in our market units. And so far, the, the experience is extremely positive. So it's interesting what you say, because um, we always talk, of course, about that customers and industries have to transform. And we talk about the customer experience is now or has to be in the center of any activity that a customer does. And finally, you are now saying that, of course, we also have to transform ourselves and put our customer experience, the way we sell our stuff, completely different. Do you think that maybe we were with that kind of, let's say, self-enlightenment um, later than when um, the moment where we were started to telling our customers to do that? Do we have to catch it up or do you think that we are already like really excelling in that aspect? No, I think we've got some catch up to do, um, you know, let's be honest, but I think we're on the right way. And, um, you know, the buying from, from our sales force is, uh, is very high, but uh, not everybody, you know, had the opportunity to, to drive that uh, digital customer experience. And I think this is the internal transformation and also how we measure success. I think the, the LACE model that we introduced um, is helping Uh, the entire customer success uh, force. But, you know, if you think about how even the movement initiative was uh, measured, you know, based on number of deals closed uh, is for me wrong yeah. because it's not about that. It's about happy customers, right? If we sell... It's the wrong incentive. 
It's the wrong incentive, exactly, Alex. You know, if we sell thousands or tens of thousands of licenses, it's not the indication or the indicator for success. You know, when all of these customers report back and say, A, we're loving the experience, we loved how it was deployed, and B, we're seeing the value and, and now we're stronger than before, then I would say we're successful. So, and the internal uh, view has to follow that. Do you think that in the past, maybe this, let's say, um, maybe a bit outdated kind of incentivation, also on the pro on a program like Move, yeah, when you when you are counted as, tell me the number of customers you put on S4, may have led that we put maybe in in the past too much focus on, let's say, these kind of quick conversions, yeah, to get the job done, instead of looking at the more holistic value approach to the customer, saying like, okay, maybe this takes now a month or two more but you get the better picture of how to start until this journey absolutely i think you know the way we define success drives uh, incentives and drives behavior and you know we cannot call it a success if we sold an s4 license to every install based customer um, in in our history you know that i would not call success if they're all live and if they all realizing business benefits because of that i think then then we can then we can celebrate so absolutely i think we need to go away from measuring it as an incremental revenue creation activity and we need to focus on on adoption and consumption so talking about these successes and of course in times like these it's always important about talking about positive things to keep the rest of our mental sanity alive um what were the best cases or the most beautiful success stories in the last month that enlightened your heart most? We had quite a few, I have to say, you know, it really, really pleased us, uh, the entire um, organization. Uh, one was, and this was, I think, published uh, also in the Wall Street Journal, uh, Mondu, uh, a company which is Quebec's, um, Canada's Quebec's largest pet supply company. The name might not be known to, to everybody, but uh, the the challenge that they faced with uh, with COVID-19 and the lockdown as pet owners, you know, went into this sort of panic mode of how do I get my pet's uh, food supply? You know, what's going to happen to me? What if supermarkets are not allowed to open? You know, will I get supply? Will my pets die? And um, in that process, uh, they basically leaned on S4 HANA. And um, they're now able to run their warehouses 24 hours um, a day. And, um, you know, they don't need to have massive stock uh, piles. And um, they are able to quickly expand and add more uh, workers as well, while we're making sure that there's social distancing in place. Right? So they combine this very finite supply and demand balancing with that flexibility and equally you know, they can manage these peaks and trots in the supply chain and, and have their flexible workforce. And so it takes us back to that agile enterprise, Alex, that I talked about. For me, that's such a beautiful example because we served a greater purpose. You know, we helped the company survive and manage the crisis, but equally we helped they and consumers who were in a very stressful situation and the outcome is, is beautiful. Uh, but we had many others um, we had PVH Corporation, uh, you probably know them as um, the owners of Calvin Klein and Tommy Hilfiger and many others. 
and they went through, you can imagine, you know, retail with all shops closed, all of a sudden 100% pivot to e-commerce. And again, you know, the, the fact that they have a digital core uh, that has their flexibility and has their connectivity to end users, end users through uh, e-commerce uh, was a great differentiator. And, um, you know, they even had go-lives during the crisis and they started uh, new initiatives uh, based on S400 capabilities. So, you know, we're pretty, um, pretty chuffed with, with some of these stories and we want to see a lot more. And what you very beautifully underlined, and this was happening in, in every story that you've told right now, is that a success or becoming a, a digital champion is not about being better at keeping doing the things you have always done before. This is pointless, but it's about being able and having the capabilities to do things you were not able to do before. And that should be like our guiding light when we approach this kind of topic with our customers. Yeah, How can you evolve into something that you were not able to be but you want to be and you or you have to be because uh, 21st century is a complete different game yeah you cannot lose the battles of today with the weapons of 30 years ago yeah. exactly that's a very very big point and you know with the with the current global crisis alex business processes are being challenged left right and center you know whether they are future proof and And this situation provides the perfect opportunity to renovate or to modernize the core, right? And if you combine that with modern data strategies and a, and a flexible architecture uh, where you can have that, that modular consumption happening, um, then, you know, for me, that's the, the best way or best answer to adapting to this new reality. So, you know, there's a clear way out of it. And um, if we mentally accept that what we did in the past is no longer future-proof, Uh, or not necessarily, uh, I think we have a good combination. Absolutely. Um, as a last talking point, we have in about two weeks the SAP Connect happening. Of course, this year, unfortunately, as a virtual event, but still, this is the big event where SAP and all the partners come together. I think this um, thing especially is very important because I think around 70% of our customers, um, they are completely covered by partners they they never see somebody from sap because they do their business not directly with sap but with partners so the role of partners in all of that kind of, of movement of, of going from as they the legacy um system to s4 is absolutely crucial um so where do you see the role of sap partners in the success of this kind of movement and How do you think SAP partners can play a very important role in bringing the power of S4HANA to the street? I think partners are extremely essential and we're very lucky to have such a strong ecosystem, Alex, to be honest. And I think now's the time, again, to that um, future-proof uh, business process definition that we work um, like hand in the glove because um, we need to have that true representation of the digital core. You know, our ask on our partners is we simply cannot implement S4 the way ECC was implemented. You know, and if partner resources need to be enabled and equipped uh, with that, um, we're here to, to help. We have some fantastic uh, partner knowledge transfer programs and, and, um, and training initiatives. And I think that's uh, where we need to uh, join forces to make sure that um, the big concern 
which is again that that technically heavy um, core uh, is going to be slow, expensive, and uh, is going to be complex to be migrated. You know that needs to be removed. Right? We 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 want partners to remove um, customization and modification from from the um, the code. Uh, we want them to embrace that flexible architecture. And, um, you know, we want them to move to what I would call the new standards of business process management. So imagine you would be the CEO of a partner and had your own partner company within the SAP ecosystem. What would be your strategy to elevate yourself and your company amongst other partners? What would be where you say, like, this is going to be very important for me in the next five to seven years doing business with customers and as for hana what would be your strategy i think my number one strategy would be customer experience you know the choice of uh, opting out and switching out alex is um is so easy you know changing platforms changing applications and uh, if i was the ceo of a partner and if i made an investment strategy with sap then uh, it would be 100 about customer experience and Partners have very smart tools and methodologies to shorten that time frame. You know, we talked about TCO and total cost of implementation. And I would not try to have a strategy, you know, that would be based on long-term or long-lasting projects and billable days as such, but rather quick results. You know, how can we, in a scrum fashion, how can we prove to the market that um, SAP and partner is a combination is so much better than anything else they could they could imagine you know that we're relevant in the crisis we again unlock business value from these new processes um, the next generation of uh, processes and uh, we deliver you know fast because if we have projects that still run for for years i think very quickly um, companies will will decide you know in a different direction so it's all about customer experience get that get that happy deployment experience. Um, ideally, Alex, you know, it should be zero escalations. You know, yeah. they, it should be, when you go through deployment, um, it should be clear uh, that uh, what you're getting is what's defined in the business case. There are no surprises. There are no unforeseen fees. And um, again, we go live when we said we will go live and we will deliver the benefits we, we explained at the beginning. It's interesting what you say because from also from my experience, when you have the right approach at the beginning, when you're talking with business, when you're talking about the business topic, then it's not only that you have a, ver a faster approach to that topic because the values are much more transparent to you as a adopter or as a customer, but the project in the end will be not only faster and then smoother because the alignment between yourself, your business, your IT and the partner is, is much better than you if you stick to an IT case. And in the end, you have a solution that brings the horsepower of S4HANA to the street. And so, so it shows that this kind of mindset is the ultimate game changer in that aspect. Absolutely, Alex. And I think it has to be the same experience as you and I have, you know, when we play with our applications in our private lives. You know, we want this pool effect. You know, we want business users to to love it, you know, to love the experience and go, I want to have another, you know, SAP project. You know, I want to have 
um, yet another experience with it and what comes out of it makes my life, you know, whether I'm a warehouse controller, a maintenance uh, procurement officer or uh, a financial controller, a human resource business partner, whatever the function is, you know, they all should see that, wow, you know, this really was a game changer. Great. Last question. People, of course, now want to know more about you, want to follow you on social media and so on, want probably more to learn about the S4HANA movement and how it can help them in their journey. Where can people follow you and where can people learn more about the S4HANA movement? Yeah, happily. I mean, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on also on Twitter, obviously. And uh, more importantly, the whole uh, movement program is um, with a, a large community. If people want to uh, write to, to me, um, tom.yanoshalmi at sap.com, but equally um, we have um, S4HANA movement at sap.com. Uh, please write to us. And, um, you know, as I said, we do not leave a single customer behind and every customer question is equally important. So we're here to help and maybe just as a, a thought um, for our audience to, to take away is that when you consider the move to SAPS for HANA, you are moving to what's next, what I you know call the what's next. And that would mean that you will have less technical debt and more innovation on a lean core. And for that, you know, that's our commitment. We will deliver that. Perfect. Tom, thank you very much for that great conversation. I hope you have My a great pleasure. day and get more sleep in the future. <laughs> I can't promise that, but I surely can that they will be more happy customers. Thanks a lot for your time. I really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Me too. Have a great day. Bye-bye.